0: Good morning everyone, I am Marilyn Bills, I'm the Director of Worship Arts here at Hope and I am not the face you usually see up here. (laughs) Uh, I am a teacher by training and in past life and so I'm going to be doing more teaching than preaching and I talk kind of fast so you're going to need to listen fast, All right. (laughs) So I'm going to start by asking you a few questions, who likes to get gifts? No assembly required. You're allowed, you're allowed to answer. Yeah, absolutely. What gets your heart beating a little bit faster? It, when it, that topic comes up in conversation, it makes you sit on the edge of your seat and you just can't wait for that. You can't, you don't want the conversation to end. Do you know what those things are in your life? What do you do to recharge? When you're just feeling a little spiritually dry and there's there's those things in your life, if they're not, if they've been missing too long, you just are just feeling drained. Well, today we're going to start a new series and it's called Getting Personal. It's how God has uniquely wired each and every one of you. He's wired you with gifts, no assembly required. He's infused in you passions that make you just, make your heart just beat a little bit faster. And when those things work together, you can have great impact on the kingdom of God in in this community and beyond. Well, you're going to have to come back the next two weeks to hear more about your passions and gifts. Because today, we're going to be talking about spiritual pathways. Spiritual pathways are how we connect with God, or... Which way to the top? Now, when we talk about spiritual pathways, this is one of those things that can get kind of judgy. Uh, It's really easy to judge people and to judge ourselves. And I think part of this is um, because my pathway might be different than your pathway. So if your pathway, the way that you connect most naturally to God is different than the person next to you, it's easy to say, I'm hearing God's voice so strongly right now, and because you don't like this activity, you can't hear God's voice as strong as I hear God's voice. Or I can get envious, and I I see you growing in your faith and connecting with God in such significant ways, but the activities you're engaged in are not ones that are natural for me. And so I can have that attitude of, there's something wrong with my faith. That I'm not connecting with God the same way you are. So today, this room is going to be a no-judgment zone. We're not going to judge other people's pathways, and we're not going to be envious of somebody else's pathway. And actually, Paul had something to say about this in the book of Ephesians. And it'll be on the screen. It says this, Conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love and make an effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit with the peace that ties you together. You are one body, one spirit, just as God has also called you to one hope. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Amen. All right. So, spiritual pathways... It, it's kind of like a mountain trail. The goal is to get to the top, to get to the summit, sort of like this picture right here. That picture, that picture is the top of Mount Washington. That was taken about 30 years ago. The next picture, the next picture was taken about 10 years ago. I couldn't find the picture when I was six or seven. The interesting thing about, you can get rid of the picture now, (laughs) the interesting thing about Mount Washington, it's the tallest mountain on the East Coast, and there are there's more than one way to get to the summit. I have actually been to the summit three times in my life, and all three times I got there a different way. The first time I was six or seven, and we were in my family's station wagon, and I was terrified. I think I spent the entire trip up the mountain at my mother's feet screaming. That was before you had to wear seat belts all the time. And my mom, she would say, oh, you've got to look at the view, it's gorgeous. And I would get up and I would look out the window, and it was a long way down. I don't know if you've ever done the auto road up Mount Washington, but there is not a whole lot of space between the car and the valley. And so I would look and I'd go back down under my mother's feet and probably drove my whole family crazy the whole way up the mountain. Then about uh, when I was 31, Jeff and I were on vacation in New Hampshire back before we had kids, and we had the great idea, let's go to the top of Mount Washington. So we hiked up the Tuckerman Ravine Trail. It was absolutely amazing. Every turn of the trail gave us another spectacular view of the White Mountains. It's It's an experience I will never forget. And then about 10 years ago, we took Josh and Matt up to the top of Mount Washington because we thought they should go. So we took the Cog Railway up. Every trail was on a different side of the mountain and gave us different views of the mountain on the way up. But every single time we ended up here, next picture, we ended up at the summit. That was our view all three times. You know, the spiritual pathways are kind of like going to the top of Mount Washington. There are multiple ways to get there, to connect with God. No one way is better than the other. And the view from the summit is the same no matter which route you take. But just like the mountain trail, the path can give me a different view as I'm going to the top. You can change that picture. Uh, When I've spoken to groups in the past about spiritual pathways, uh, sometimes the initial reaction is, that sounds a little bit creepy and mysterious. And actually, it's really quite simple. A pathway is a route. It's how you get from point A to point B. When I come to church during the week, I get in my car. I try not to drive on sidewalks and people's front lawns. And as long as I stay on the path, I have an easy time getting to Hope Church. A spiritual pathway is the same thing. When I stay on the path, I have an easier way of connecting with God. So now if you Google... Spiritual pathways, you're going to find articles about the seven pathways, the nine pathways, the 12 pathways. In other words, there's no definitive list of what spiritual pathways are. Some theological genius centuries ago came up with this concept to help the rest of us have a better understanding of who we are and how to connect with God. Each of us have a natural pathway. Some pathways are going to be easier than others for all of us. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about the seven pathways. And I want you to be listening for what one sounds like you. Because one of them, you're going to go, oh, that's definitely me. And then you're going to hear a couple of them go, oh, yeah, no way is that me. So I'm going to go through these, I'm going to go through them kind of quick. Be listening for which one you think is you. The first one is the intellectual pathway. You draw close to God as you're able to learn more about him. The study of scripture and theology comes naturally. You are a thinker. You probably have little patience for emotional approaches to faith. You bide your time during the worship waiting for the message. Maybe you even come in late to avoid the less important part of worship. In a small group setting, you have little patience for idle chit-chat, you just want to get to the meat of the study. And when dealing with problems or spiritual challenges, you go into problem-solving mode. Does that sound like you? Another one is relational. If you're in the relational pathway, spiritual growth comes most naturally when you're involved in significant relationships. Small groups and other community life experiences are key. People in this pathway tend to be small group junkies. They may start a small group or be part of a small group in their neighborhood, work, plane, long plane trips, long elevator rides, opportunities for small groups. Your life is an open book. You can't understand why others have trouble opening up. You end up in personal conversations with the person behind the sales counter or maybe even on a sales call. In key times of growth, God will often speak to you through other people. Your first thought when facing any issue is to process it through with at least three or four other people. Being alone can drive you crazy. You think being alone is having only two friends along for the ride. The more, the merrier. If you're on the serving pathway, God feels the closest when you are involved with helping others. You are often uncomfortable in a situation where you don't have a role, and you constantly are looking for acts of service you can do, even when not asked. And when you came in this morning, if you saw a piece of paper on the lobby floor, you probably picked it up because you saw it. If you're on the worship pathway, you have a deep love of corporate praise and natural inclination towards celebration. You tend to define worship as the time in the service when we're singing and praying, And when we are in that part of the worship service, you hope it would go on for hours. In difficult times, worship is the one of the most healing activities for you to engage in. In worship, your heart opens up and you come alive and enthusiastically participate. Sometimes you're naturally outgoing, but often people in this pathway tend to be introverts and maybe not as expressive outwardly. If you're an activist, You have a single-minded zeal and a very strong sense of vision. You have a passion to build a church and work for justice. Challenges do not discourage you. You love it when someone says it can't be done. You do everything you can to bring out the potential God has placed in other people. You thrive on a fast-paced, problem-filled, complex, strenuous way of life. As an activist, Uh, An activist wants to run with everything he or she has before, uh, between now and the time they die. The activist lives out, it's all for you, God. If you're a contemplative, you love uninterrupted time alone. Reflection and meditation come natural to you. The presence of God is most real when all distractions have been eliminated. If you get busy or spend a lot of time with people, you feel drained and yearn for those times of solitude. You have a large capacity for prayer. If you're on the creation pathway, you respond deeply to God through your experience in nature. Being outdoors recharges your batteries. Nature moves your heart, opens your soul, strengthens your faith, you relate to Van Gogh's words when he said, All nature seems to speak. As for me, I cannot understand why everybody does not see it or feel it. John Muir called nature the manuscripts of God. You're highly aware of your physical senses, and often art or symbols or ritual will help you grow. People on this pathway have a heightened appreciation of God's creation and tend to be highly creative themselves. So those are the seven pathways. Did one of them stand out for you? Most likely, there's more than one. Ideally, we really should be practicing all seven. But there is usually one that is your natural, your go-to. For me, it's creation. I thought this was strange the first time I, I taught this concept. And after that small group study, I went I went back to my office. And I have lots of pictures in front of my desk. And I, I sat at my desk. And I looked at the bulletin board in front of my desk. And I went, hmm, they're all nature pictures. And then I remembered a comment that Jeff made to me once. I'm the family photographer when we go on vacation. And he once made the comment. He said, you know there are people on this vacation. You have family members that would like to see their picture on vacation. I realize that most of the pictures I take are of nature. My favorite sanctuary is the view from my kayak. That is my favorite place to be. Or this one, hiking the trail. That's what most of my pictures look like in our photograph albums. I am... Um, <laughs> When we were dating, that spring that we were dating, we were I think we were walking in Haddonfield, and a branch was kind of at eye level. And there was this teeny, tiny little oak leaf, perfectly formed. It was the most beautiful thing that I had seen that spring. And I remember pulling it down and showing it to Jeff. I said, do you see how gorgeous this is? And I remember looking at the man that I was about to marry, and he had this horrified look on his face. <laughs> like, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> but see, for me, in that moment, God becomes such a such a real presence. I hear his voice speak to me when I'm looking at nature in that way. I feel his spirit in a powerful way when I am immersed in His his creation. So what is it for you? So since we have a go-to pathway, it makes sense that we should nurture the one that is ours. So I'm going to go through all these pathways again. I'm going to go back to the top. And this time I'm going to talk about ways to nurture your pathway. So be listening for the one that is yours. But because we should be stretching ourselves to experience all the pathways, I'm also going to talk about cautions because each of these pathways has a caution if we spend too much time on that pathway. I'm also going to be talking about ways that we can stretch to possibly experience other pathways that we might be missing out on. So here we go. You ready? Intellectual pathway. You should be reading great books that challenge you. Expose yourselves to lots of teaching. Find like-minded people with whom you can learn. But be careful. Guard against being all head and no heart. You love to be right, and that can be dangerous. Dallas Willard wrote, one of the hardest things in the world is to be right and not to hurt anybody with it. Don't confuse being smart with being spiritually mature. The right gauge of spiritual health in and maturity is love, not intelligence. Since we're going to be practicing all the pathways, ways to stretch if you're on the intellectual pathway, would be to devote yourself to corporate worship and private prayer and med- meditation. A in at the beginning of the worship service occasionally. Learning should lead to worship, otherwise it can get dangerous. Keep asking yourself if you're being loving in ways that you're interacting with others and sharing your knowledge. Just because someone doesn't get as excited as you about the intellectual pursuit of God does not make the rest of us idiots. If you're on the relational pathway, you need a relationally rich life. Don't fight it. Enjoy it. Use your spiritual gifts to serve others. Pray with others in the community. Stay connected in small group ministry to learn and to grow. You tend to have large networks of friends. Use them. Um, use them to serve God and to serve the community. Cautions: Be uh, guard against superficiality. Be sure to have a few deep relationships. People who get uh, that you let past your external self and you let challenge you and encourage you. You You can grow dependent on others and become a spiritual chameleon. There's actually an example of this in the book of Galatians. It says this But when Peter came to Antioch, Paul is writing this, by the way. When Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, we ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from, those, from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Peter was confronted by Paul because he was being a chameleon. When he was with a different group of believers, he decided that maybe he should act their way instead of the way he knew was what was right. So people on on the relationship pathway need to guard against this. Ways to stretch. Develop a capacity for silence by yourself. Learn to recognize God's voice apart from the crowd. Study scripture on your own in addition to small groups so that you're not always relying on the opinion of others. Invite a close friend to be an accountability partner, someone who will speak truth into your life. If you're on the serving pathway, ways to play to your strength, be plugged into a community so that you have the opportunities for meaningful service. If you attend church but have nowhere to serve, your connection to God will feel distant. Look for glimpses of God's presence in the people you serve. Be intentional about looking for God's work in the lives of the people you serve. Prepare your service with prayer. Keep your service genuine and about God first and not just about what you're doing. Cautions, be careful not to resent people that don't serve as much as you do. Others are serving too, just not the same way you are. Just because Somebody else didn't see the paper lying on the floor when you walked in, does it make them less service-minded? Remember that salvation is a free gift from God and not a result of your works and service. Don't confuse service with earning brownie points with God. Ways to stretch? Balance your service with small groups on community life. Receive love even when you're not being productive. Practices expressing your love through words and, and not just your actions. Your pathway should help you feel liberated and not confined. If you're on the worship pathway, you experience great worship on a regular basis. Worship music makes your car your own personal sanctuary. Learning about other worship traditions and incorporating what you learn into your personal worship time can strengthen this pathway. Cautions. Be careful not to judge those who are not as expressive as you are. Just because someone's not reacting to the music and raising their hands and dancing and jumping on it down doesn't mean that they don't get it. Guard against an experience-based spirituality that always has you looking for the next worship high. C.S. Lewis called this the fatal sin of saying encore by demanding that God reproduce an experience or an emotion. Be careful not to limit the definition of worship to only the time of singing. When two or three are gathered in my name, there the spirit of the Lord is also. The whole thing is worship. Ways to stretch. Engage in the discipline of study. It's important that our minds be filled with the knowledge of God and to keep growing in that area as well so that our hearts and emotions are solidly rooted. Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in us. Serve God in concrete ways as an extension of worship. Serving is an extension of corporate worship for the sake of others. Remain committed to your church even when worship isn't all you think it should be. It's not about me. If you're an activist, be engaged in a challenge. Listen to and follow God's call. If you aren't moving, you get frustrated and stagnant. Gather a group of people together and make sure that you're looking to accomplish those big, hairy, audacious goals. Cautions. You may run over people, use them, abuse them, because you are too focused on the goal. Be careful not to run too long and without pausing to reflect on what you're doing. Otherwise, you may end up not knowing your own motives and running ahead of the vision God has placed in front of you. Ways to stretch, create balance by spending time in solitude and silence. This will help you keep track of your motives and emotional health. Cultivate a reflective discipline like journaling. Journaling is an action which appeals to the, to the person who is on the activist pathway because it requires an action of writing. But it also requires us to slow down and reflect on the inner world. Accountability relationships are extremely important to the activist. Invite a friend to regularly ask you questions and to speak to you about what is God doing in you and not just through you. For the the contemplative, you need regular, protected, intense, long times of solitude and stillness. You can stay still for very long, long periods of time. Lean into that. Making time to listen to God is vital to the health of your soul. The Holy Spirit speaks to you in times of silence. Because you're able to handle these long periods of listening, you feel things deeply. Your intuitions and Holy Spirit leanings are strong, and, you, and, they, and they come to you in these times of silence. But be careful not to retreat into your inner world when friends, family, and society disappoint you. You have a tendency to avoid the real world because it does not live up to your expectations. Be careful not to judge others who are not on this pathway. You hear God's voice strongly in silence. Others, hear, others do hear God's voice just as strongly and just as profoundly on other pathways. And this is very hard for the contemplative to believe. How long you stay in silence is not a competition to bring up in conversation. I was quiet for four straight days today, this week. (laughs) Ways to stretch. Get involved in an ongoing service ministry. Your deep insights will be useful to more people that way, and you'll be able to live after faith. Stay relationally connected. When those relationships become difficult and challenging, it's okay. Stick to it. We are created for community. If you're on the creation pathway, we can, we can play to our strengths by being outside. Now, this was easy in Jesus' time because everybody was outside all the time. It's a little bit harder in, in the, geography where we live, but so we have to find ways to get ourselves outside. We need to surround ourselves with beauty. We surround ourselves with creativity and art, and they're part of our everyday life. When we pray, we need to have beauty near us, pictures, flowers, to sit by a garden window. Cautions. We may be tempted to use beauty or nature to escape. You may find that people are disappointing, and so you just want to go walk a trail by yourself. Guard guard yourself against the temptation to avoid church because you think, I can worship God on my own. I've got my sanctuary in my kayak out on the lake. (laughs) We were made to enjoy God's beauty, but we we also need to learn to see beauty in people and allow God to speak through them. Ways to stretch. Stay involved in a worshiping community. We need people. They're part of God's creation, too. And occasionally I have to remember to take pictures of people. (laughs) From time to time, we'll be willing to serve in a less than beautiful setting. The ugliness of a fallen world may be repulsive, but God's love has to reach into every dark corner, and we can be that tool. Take scripture into nature. Meditate on God's word as we're enjoying his creation. Well, that's a quick run-through through the spiritual pathway, so what's the point? Give yourself permission to be who God created you to be. Enjoy the pathway that he has wired into you. Don't feel guilty about wanting to spend time outside or with lots of people or by yourself. It's how he created you. It's okay to get a little loony when I see the first leaf of the season. In Genesis, we are told that God labored for six days and rested on the seventh. The pathways can be those roots, those pathways for renewal, a time to draw closer to God. Did you notice that all the pathways have a common caution? It's envy and judgment. Meister Eckhart, he's a German theologian back in the 1200s, wrote, The danger in finding a way to God is that people grow to love the way more than they love God. Just because this is how I hear God's voice the loudest isn't necessarily how you're going to hear God's voice the loudest. Celebrate the pathway that God has put you on and enjoy it. Now, Ben's going to come up and continue to lead us in worship. And why they're doing that, I just want to finish up by saying spiritual pathways. It's kind of like getting to the top of Mount Washington. There are multiple ways to get there. Lots of different routes different views along the way. But when you're at the top, all three times that I was at the top of Mount Washington, we're interacting with other people there at the summit. Nobody is asking anybody about what route they took up there. Nobody's judging your way. Well, maybe the year that we climbed up, we might have been a little judgy. (laughs) But nobody's asking each other how you got to the top. We are too busy looking at that incredible view that God has placed in front of us. That's why we have these pathways, to enjoy that beautiful view, to connect with God. Amen.